Don Diablo's Hexagon Radio. House time is any time and any time is house time. Episode 200. Episode 200. Yes, Hex, that's right. It's a special one today. Uh, What can I say? You wanted something special? We're doing something special. We're recording live in a studio. I brought a special guest. It's none other than my mom. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, mom. Thank you for coming out. I know it was a long drive coming out here. It was. But it's, uh, I wouldn't have anyone else. They asked me, what do you want to do for your 200th episode? I was like, let's get a special guest. So who's more special than you, my mom? So lovely to hear. (laughs) And um, so obviously I love you. Thank you for coming. I love you. let's, uh, let's, Let's do something spontaneous. This radio show is kind of like... A bit of a nightmare for the producer today, Andy. <laughs> He's like uh, scared as hell, basically, because, yeah, normally you like to prepare stuff, I guess, but not us. We're a dynamic duo. We're going to just wing this. We can do this. We can. So every week I do a radio show. Yeah. You might know that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, by now, after three years, first episode was in 2015, February. Uh, we are actually uh, broadcasted in over uh, 30 countries already, over 90 radio stations, had over 22 million downloads on podcasts. And uh, we have a monthly, so we have sort of a weekly uh, listener number of over 33 million people. So that's grown tremendously the last uh, last years and it keeps growing. So that's amazing. It's, yep. it's crazy to see how many people are now just starting to tune in to Hexagon Radio. So I'm very excited about that. And normally we have like sort of a sectioned off radio show where I start kind of more groovy slash um, emotional and then we build it to the demo day track and then we kind of go in a little bit to the harder stuff and then we end with a chill time track. But for this week, we're just gonna just spontaneously play music. Um, Actually, Don Diablo tracks that I want to play to you that have a story. and well, I guess the people listening at home will hear those stories as well. And um, you also asked, uh, I asked you which Don Diablo, Don Diablo record you wanted to hear. Uh, and you told me? Animale. Animale. <laughs> yes. Which is funny because actually I think a lot of the new Don Diablo listeners wouldn't even know that track. It's a track I did uh, roughly, I would guess, around 2010. Uh, features uh, Dragonette. It's a Canadian duo. The vocalist Martina. Um, so I will tell you the story behind that record in a little bit. But first, I'm gonna just start with one track. It's called uh, I'm Not From France. It's taken from uh, this album. Oh, I don't even have that album. Nice. <laughs> uh, yes, it's taken from the album that I don't have. Nice. Uh, it's taken from the album Life is a Festival. And um, 
later on I'll be playing one or two more records from that album. Do you want to know why it's called I'm Not From France? I know you're not from France, but okay, tell me. <laughs> uh, it was funny because around that time I was making a sound that didn't sound very Dutch and it kind of had a, a lot of sort of French influences because you have different, different types of dance music, right? Yeah. You have dance music that comes from uh, the Netherlands as a specific sound. Uh, then you have dance music that comes from the UK. You have dance music that comes from all over the world, but also especially from France, you really have sort of a French sound. And at that time, um, I think like eight or nine years ago, I was making a sound that sounded a bit more, well, French leaning, I would say. Mm -hmm. So uh, people didn't know that much about Don Diablo. So most people thought I was actually from France. France. <laughs> so in every interview I was telling people, well, I'm not from France. Um, and that's kind of where that title came from. And this is kind of an ode to all of the French influences. And the track ended up on my album, um, Life is a Festival. And I'm going to open the show with it right here, right now. Yep. Do you want to announce it? Because I'm sorry, Hex. It's okay. I can't compete with your mom. I'm not from France. That's it. Yeah, no, sorry. Hex, Hex was like <laughs> a little bit uh, insulted that he's not getting to announce it today, the first record. But you're my special guest. So I want you to announce it. So here we go. Yeah. I announced from, I'm not from France. Yes, but who is it by? My son, Don Diablo. <laughs> There we go, Don Diablo. I'm not from France, introduced by my mom. mom or no yeah yeah light. you understand the difference between Dutch sounding house at the time was more like a do, 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 do. Yeah. remember like um and this is uh yeah kind of what they were doing in france big influence on me back in at the in that time acts like daft punk and uh air and yeah slightly less known acts um but also um around that same period do you remember i was working with a rapper from canada Probably you don't. His name was Ish. Yeah. You do? Yeah. That's Ish. amazing. Um, so I think I worked on an album with him for about two years. Um, the working title of the act was called uh, 
we are why are we whispering that was it <laughs> and because <laughs> we we both kind of stuck in major label contracts and we were not allowed to do anything outside of those contracts so we did feel like we wanted to do something um different so we were constantly whispering about everything that we were doing why? that's what i asked at a certain point i was like why are we whispering we don't have to whisper nobody can hear us we're in my studio but we worked on an album secretly that actually never got released and one of the first things um one of the first records how we met was he basically freestyled over uh, a record that i uh, remixed for an act called frank music and it's actually kind of cool because if you listen to that record right now we have um well i guess something we call um typically the spotify sound and usually in the industry we kind of describe that as a record that is slightly slower uh, a bit more melodic and has uh like focal chops on the drop you know what a focal chop is right no okay so uh it's when you have a vocal you know a vocal is a, a someone singing yeah. uh, and then you take that vocal huh, and then you kind of uh, start chopping that up and it becomes like a little melody in itself that is not the best description ever but uh <laughs> but i understand <laughs> yeah so i was playing um some of the older records to my manager uh andrew uh in my studio uh, the other week and we were going through this one and he was like wow this record was made uh, almost uh, nine years ago. And this is kind of actually already that sound that's really working right now Whoa. with the vocal chops. Mm. And at that time, nobody was really doing that um, because it was weird. Like, why would you use vocal chops on a drop? That was not really uh, something that was common. And that's something I've been doing uh, for many, many years. It's really sort of, it was really my trademark sound. And I think this record is a good example of uh, what that sounds like. And it's cool kind of look into the project that never got released i really love a lot of that music that we did and i think as a musician or as a producer most of the stuff you do never gets released so yeah sometimes you ask me like is this record out or yeah yeah is this no well in, in a lot of cases it actually doesn't get released so i want to play this record it's called uh, confusion girl and are you ready i'm confused Yes, you're, you are the you are the confusion yes. girl. I'm so sorry for confusing you most of your life. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this easy for you, but this uh, this That's is actually okay. one of my favorite uh, mixes I've done. I've added uh, live guitars to it, and I just added a layer of emotion to the record. And then Ish uh, made a rap special uh, new verses to it, and it sounds a little something like this. You're listening to the 200th episode of Hexagon Radio, live from Amsterdam. child star but i'm aware it feels better when they doubt you and next thing you know all they do when it's talk about you yeah just hopping on the bandwagon love him when he hop as soon as he not then they can't stand him i couldn't care i'ma make it i swear i'm coming out of nowhere and making it my year uh, you've been in it with me since the beginning being like go get him baby i know that you're gonna kill him and soon they gonna see you were right i guess it's 2020 hindsight i put it on my life 
confident, but I ain't never been conceited And never been one to sit around feeling defeated I'm on the road, can't stop the inspiration when it flows Ain't a gimmick cause I live it, this music's in my soul And my flows paint pictures like Picasso And by the way, the name's Ish, if you ain't know Ain't trying to be watching my life go by as it's passing I'm in it for the love, money's just a minor distraction Now what separates me from brothers that hate me Is simply the fact that I am what they can't be Cause man, I'm sick with it, so check the way I'm killing it Your flow's anesthetic, no, I'm not feeling it Only got one opportunity, I'm not blowing it And this is my time, I keep living in the moment And I ain't slowing down now, cause I'm in the zone Don't rely on no one else, I'ma make it on my own This is the vocal chart, mom. Can you this, hear it? This was Ish. Yeah. Rapping. Yeah. And this is the vocal chop. And do you like the sound of a vocal chop? Yeah, I like it. It's pleasant. It is. Is he still around, Ish, or what? Uh, yes, absolutely. He's actually um, he's doing quite well as an actor. Oh. Yeah, he's playing in a lot of uh, series right now. So Ish, if you're listening, shout out. Let's catch up uh, very soon. Yeah. He got married and he's got a beautiful uh, girl and yeah, um, absolutely amazing to work with him. Still got it. Uh, well, the music never got released, mm. but um, I actually want to play another record from that period um, that I did uh, at the time with Ish. Um, and the story behind that is that that record actually did get released, but it got released in a different form on my last album, um, Future. It got released uh, as a solo record. At the time, what happened, uh, I wrote this song called Satellites. Yeah. Um, you remember it? Yeah. Do you remember what it was about? Satellites. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's never literally that, Help is it? Um, no. Um, so um, around the time uh, you called me many, many years ago uh, to tell me that your father, my grandfather, had passed. Um, oh, yeah. I remember that was such an emotional phone call. That was actually, you know, the first really important person in my life that I lost and your father. And um, yeah, it just had such an amazing, sort of, sort of massive emotional impact on me um, that I didn't know how to react to that. So I immediately wrote down the lyrics to uh, Satellites thinking um, that when somebody passes they don't really go away they go into the sky and they watch over us like satellites um, and I think you can really hear the emotion uh, of that moment in my voice I was actually never even able to replicate that I tried to re-record many times but this is a raw first recording that I did just sitting by myself in my studio and that's actually also the version that ended up on the album Future I think how many years later? Many, many years later. 10 years. 10 years later. So this is the crazy thing about music. You know, if you write music, you never know where and when and how it's going to end up. And um, originally this song was part of the project that I was doing with Ish. Um, I wrote the hook and wrote the whole instrumental, all of the music by myself. And then um, I sent it to him and I explained to him the story of the song. And then he recorded let me select it. Uh, then he recorded um, his verses to it. And this is a version that's nobody ever, that nobody has ever heard. And I'm going to play it for the first time here on Hexagon Radio. Oh, great. Mm. You want to hear it? Yes, of course. Here we go. Don Diablo. Hexagon Radio 200. 
What's up? This is Armin van Buren and congratulations to my man Don Diablo for reaching 200 episodes of his legendary radio show, Hexagon Radio. Turn it up. We are the satellites. We're watching all chops again yeah why don't you sing more often do you want me to sing more often yes yeah um i don't know i just kind of grew into this role of being a dj right and um i think people have a certain perception of who you should be as a dj um and i just somehow yeah stopped singing that's a pity yeah Mm -hmm. try again (laughs) Uh, no, well, I will play you a few songs uh, again, like uh, today that you can hear me sing on, um, because this is a special episode. But um, I guess I'm similar to Calvin Harris when it comes to that, like 
I see myself as a producer. Um, I also like singing and I like writing melodies and uh, it just opens up my full spectrum of creativity. But it also makes me, you know, a bit shy and uh, yeah. Nonsense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not anymore, I hope. No, yeah. I mean, every record that I make, still, I'm, I'm still as excited and nervous about when I release it, you know, because it still feels like it's the first record. It still feels like, remember when I, I was 13, 14, I was making music up yeah, in the attic. <laughs> and uh, I, I, the excitement of finishing a record. And then I remember when I first released a record and then the second and the third and the fourth one came in and I, I went to bed at night and then uh, the doorbell rang in the morning and you open the door usually because you know, you're up early and uh, because I work at night. And then um, there was a box and in that box, there was a vinyl or a CD with my new release. And that feeling was so magical of actually making something, contributing to the world, being a part of people's lives and just made me feel so, um, I don't know. It made me whole, I guess, because I was always looking for, you know, uh, a reason to exist, I guess. You know, and what did you think of the early music that I was making? Because let's be honest, it wasn't that great. Very loud, very, very loud. <laughs> it made me made me bouncing in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> but you were always very supportive. I mean, even in the beginning, I I made music that probably well, you couldn't predict that it would get this far, right? Or no, did you always know? No, was not. No, I knew you were going uh, strong. You will be. You would be somebody, and you did. But I didn't know in in what direct direction. Yeah, ne and you guys were never always. Never could imagine this. No, you guys were. No, you guys supportive. were always very supportive of me, and um, I think looking back on it, you can really. I think people see DJs as pretty much one-dimensional characters, right? Like they make records and they push buttons, and <laughs> you know, most yeah. of the music is not very personal and. Uh, I think for me, music has always been very personal. And I think one of the first records that I put out was a record called Useless, um, actually sung by a boss who was uh, someone as I went to school with, uh, yeah, when I was studying journalism. Um, and that record was called Useless because that's kind of how I felt in those days. Uh, I was really trying to find a purpose on this uh, planet and just trying to find a way where I felt, um, you know, part of something, something bigger. And um, I think you can really see it in this, in the music video for this track as well. Because you, you don't actually, I'm not in the music video, but it's, it, it is actually me, but we've replaced my head with a question mark. Because uh, at that time I was really looking for my identity. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I wanted to be. I didn't really feel like I uh, deserved, you know, to be, um, where I was maybe or where I wanted to go. So I really felt useless. And I think I worked on that record for maybe two years nonstop. You must have heard that record over 5,000 times, at least. Yeah, that's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just indoctrinated yes, by it. Yes, that's it. <laughs> um, so hereby I want to apologize for putting you through that. It's um, okay. <laughs> and you are the sweetest. And I think this is the record I worked the longest and the hardest on. Um, it's just crazy. I made. I, I was counting it back when I was going through music for this radio show. I made 
over 400 versions of this record. Um, and at some point I just said, this is it, you know, making music, I think the hardest part is letting go and just saying, it's done. This is it, this is the song, and now I'm going to share it with the world. And um, yeah, we're also recording video, so I'm gonna try to put the video up on the live stream as well. So if you're listening on the radio, make sure you go check it out on YouTube, because we are recording uh, both audio and video. And I will try to find the music video and play that as well, because this was the, the first music video I've ever done, and probably also one of the biggest ones I've ever done. I was very ambitious, I wanted to make political statements with my music and um, yeah, I guess I was naive at the time because I didn't realize music is not really about politics, but for me, uh, the message was very important at that time um, and useless, I guess you can really see it in the video. It's really about finding your own identity. Are you ready? Yes. Don Diablo, Hexagon Radio. What's up, this is The Smokers, and you're listening to Hexagon Radio. Congratulations on the 200th episode, Don. We're so excited for you, man. Hexagon Radio is the best. To many more. Useless. You're not useless anymore. You weren't useless. 
Never. No, but it sometimes takes time when you grow up to find out that you're not useless in life, right? That's why you're a teenager. How was it for you growing up? Did you already, like, have you always been very confident or were you very insecure or like... Like everybody, insecure at that age. Yeah? Yeah. So what what did you do? How did you find yourself? I had your father. I uh, hold him and then it was okay. So we were only 12 and 13 years old. You were inseparable. Yeah. Yeah. He was really the love of your life, right? Oh, yes, he was. Because I remember even we were talking about it when he passed. Um, there's never going to be another never. man in your life. No. No. Forget it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. My mom is uh, single but not available. No. <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen. I know I get a lot of requests from men around the world. They always tell me your mom is a lovely lady. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's sweet. I said, yes, that sounds like my mom. Thank you all. But... Um, Your heart was given to someone many, many years ago. Yep. And um, yeah. There's only one heart you can give. And you gave your whole heart away. Yes. Nothing Without else. any doubt, you never had any fear. No, never. It's crazy if you think about it, right? Because nowadays it seems so hard to find true love and people are just going from one thing to the next. And um, you guys were like the perfect example of true love. And um It seems like that doesn't really exist that much anymore, or is it just me? Am I being cynical? Yeah, it does exist, but it's so easy to divorce and try another love. Too easy at the moment. Yeah. And then we had to fight for it. You did. Yeah. Yeah, and and we won. You won. You <laughs> you came out winning, um, and then you had us, yes. and you guys gave us all the love that we could have ever wished for I hope so uh, two older brothers I was the youngest one um, and even I mean uh, we were talking about we have this thing in Holland called Santa Claus right yes he's uh, coming <laughs> he's coming it's it's like our Santa Claus but he just comes 20 days early comes on the 5th of December yes uh, he likes coming early which is cool yeah. with me it's fine by me he brings gifts he has a giant bag and um, it's funny because um, you got <laughs> I think I probably broke the record of yeah, uh, sure. of like how long I still believe in <laughs> like tell 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 that tell that story to the listeners. Oh well, uh, you were in the seventh. Uh, we still call it class. Yeah. Age. Age. Yes. Age. Eleven. Um, eleven. Yes. Eleven. <laughs> And then Santa Claus was coming, was approaching, and you you told me, Mom, in the class they tell me. It doesn't exist. What do you think? No, silly. Of course it does. It <laughs> yes. brings you presents every year. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, so I still believe. Okay, that's nice. But the next year, you had to go to the, the high school. The, the Yeah. Yeah, high school. The next, next level. No, next level. I thought, oh, that will be a shame. If, people, if the children find out, he still believes can't make it so the last year I still took yeah yeah the possibility it was still there to have a very nice Santa Claus <laughs> yeah, and we did and we did and after that I told you Don I have to tell you something and yeah. 
you were so sad. So you were not angry. You were just sad. I was devastated. Yeah. I was like, to me, it seemed very logical that an old man in a red dress <laughs> would be on a white horse walking on my uh, roof, <laughs> throwing uh, gifts through the chimney with his friends. It's, it seemed like completely logical to me. It belongs uh, to life by then. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think, you know, life is really the way you envision it. And I always try to envision it a little bit more colorful, a little bit more beautiful that's than it. maybe it sometimes is in real life. And I think that's how I started off with my career. You know, I um, kind of got, well, I guess the right word for it is screwed over many times, as you know, by yeah. the industry. Um, yes. And I've had like a fair share of people around me that I lost, that I was working with, that I was very excited to work with. One of them um, was uh, Theo van Gogh. Remember yeah. him? Yeah, of course. So I worked on this album, Two Faced. Yeah. And I worked on that album for about six years by myself, sitting in the studio, just like a hermit. And the lead single of that album was called Just Let It Go. It featured a singer from a band called uh, 16 Down, a Dutch band. And I had actually uh, come to an agreement with uh, Theo that he was going to make the music video for that record, remember? Yes. And um, he was just going to go to America because he just uh, sold one of his films and it was going to get um, reshot in America featuring uh, Hollywood actors. So it was a big moment in his career. But he was also a very controversial per person. He always... Uh, he was always looking for the edge of, uh, you know, when it comes to politics or expressing his opinion. And he just made a film that, uh, yeah, apparently was not loved by everyone. Um, and when he came back, he got uh, murdered in front of my doorstep. I know. Um, and that really blew my mind because, you know, that just threw off, that just took out all the, the, excitement around my album because we were not going to make the music video anymore it was going to be the first single and it really put me in a very bad mind state and um yeah after that we actually decided not to promote the album even anymore and it really sort of almost made me say goodbye to music and um i want to play you that record it's called just let it go and it's still a very special record to me looking back on it um especially knowing that you know Theo was going to make the video and it was amazing to be one of the last people to speak to him and we had great conversations and he taught me a lot about life and um, it also taught me that not everyone is not you know who you think they are he was actually to the outside world a very fierce guy you know like well, he always had his own opinion but the way I got to know him was as a very soft very um, open-minded person uh, really sort of um, yeah, was really eager to get his creative ideas out there and he was just someone creating and I think nowadays with social media everybody just gets judged just like that with the snap of a finger, right? And I think there are so many more sides to us as people and um, I always think about you know, I think about that and I still think about Theo and I think about this song and it's and you know, one of the reasons why I am, why I am right now. So I'm gonna play for you. Don Diablo featuring 16 down. Just let it go.
Go, mom. Yeah, you too. <laughs> I think you can really hear the emotional underlayer of this record, and I think also like uh, back in those days, I was I think in every every single record I used guitars. Um, later on, that changed obviously, but um, yeah, I've always loved. You know, I wanted to be in a rock band when I was a kid, but there was no one around us because we were living in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> so there was no one to form a rock band with. So you made me go into electronic music. Okay. Be- because, you know, I had to become a one-man band. No, you should be happy. Yeah, I owe it all to you and to uh, Kuforden. No, you did it all by yourself. No, you. Uh, I couldn't have done it without you guys and your support because um, I was able to experiment uh, with so many different sounds and ideas for so many years. 
And I think, didn't you ever think like, why, why is he not going out? Why is he not going outside and just having <laughs> a good time with friends or do normal things? No, it was you. That's <laughs> what I expected from you to do. Okay. I like that. And I remember when, um, when all of this happened with uh, Theo and all of these things happened around me in the industry. Um, Cause I remember like maybe for the first, maybe the first 50 records that I made, I never actually got paid on those. No. Remember we tried to, uh, you know, it's, you, I remember one day you came to me and you were like, so you're making all this music and it's getting released and all of these labels and you're producing for other people. You have about 15 different names. So yeah. how about, what about money? Are you getting paid for this? I was like, what do you mean? Do I, do, do, yeah, I don't know. Can Should I, I get money? Can I get paid? For, they're, <laughs> they're putting it out. That's like epic, right? They're putting out music. And that's when I started thinking, oh, wow, actually, uh, yeah, maybe I should get paid. Maybe I should get a statement or somewhere it should say how much I've sold or what, like, and that's kind of opened my eyes to the music industry and started realizing, wow, this is a really, this industry is pretty much rotten on the inside. <laughs> and it really made me angry at times and it you know as you know i quit music many times because i was like this is not the industry i want to be in i was maybe too too delicate i guess as a delicate of a soul to be in that in that world and uh but i i learned to to grow uh an extra skin and i became harder tougher and i remember one day i was so angry i went upstairs and i wrote this song um called hooligans never surrender and that was like, I was like, I'm gonna make the hardest record I can make with as much aggression in it. And that way, again, for me, music is a channel. You can channel your emotion into it. And I thought like this record, nobody's gonna want this record. It's just noise. And then I put that record online and I put this crazy music video to it that I remember my record label, I was just telling them, well, it's gonna be this riot. And then there's gonna be people coming from left and right and giants. And there's gonna be a giant, uh, sort of manga head that's going to be spinning around, that's going to spit out these little creatures that are going to walk over my foot. And they were like looking at me like, what kind of drugs are you doing? <laughs> and as you know, I've never done drugs, but I just had all these weird ideas and I had the label pay for them. And they were like, Jesus Christ, what did we do? We created a monster. And nothing happened until one day, uh, Kanye West put the music video on his blog and the video went viral. The track started getting uh, attention it went to number one on all the blogs and out of nowhere, there was a rapper called Example and he made his own version of it. He made a, a rap to it and we changed it into Hooligans uh, and we put that record out as Don Diablo uh, featuring Example, Hooligans. And I'm gonna play that record for you right now. Okay. What's up guys, it's Steve Aoki. You're listening to Hexagon Radio. Congratulations to 200 episodes. That's epic. And Don, he's a sexy guy. Hey, this is Tiesto. You're listening to Hexagon Radio. I don't know if you understood when it rains down and drop the hoods. End of the night, it's quite lightly. Brand new Nike for good. Lose your Rolex, rip your T-shirt. Bounce up till both your knees hurt. Jump up with your hands apart. You won't go home in an ambulance. Let's see you break some bits and make this pit a zoo again. Let's see you break some bits and make this pit a zoo again. 
So there you have it, mom. Hooligans. I could see the hooligans. You could see them, yeah, right? Yeah, you could yeah, feel yeah. the aggression. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is about that record? Actually, I never got paid on that either. No. No. That when was crazy. Did you? Never. I I think, you know, the funny thing is people always see DJs and artists as like, um, you know, making a lot of money. And I think in 90% of my career, I've not been paid on anything, I know. you know, but I've just been doing it for the love of music. And um, yeah, this was exceptionally crazy because I remember at the time I was working with Example on his album because, um, yeah, he really had sort of a, a breakthrough moment, I guess, after this record. And he got signed to a record label and they asked me to work on his album. So he stayed over at my place and I worked on like seven or eight songs at the same time. I uh, even made like his PA versions for some of the records that were on his album. I did some remixes. I was just kind of a production machine at the time. Um, and the album actually became a massive hit. It went like double platinum or something. And um, you know what the sad part of it all was? That I never heard again from those guys neither from the record label nor from the artist and again that really really sort of yeah made me really want to run away yeah sad yeah. of you know the industry and because i i put so much love into this and i um yeah never i got nothing back for it you yeah. know not even um well they sent me the the platinum record to put on my wall um but the idea was that i was going to have a featuring with example on my album in return and when that time came for me to get that featuring they actually literally emailed back to me who are you as if i didn't exist it and this. yeah it was crazy because at that time again my self-esteem my self-worth was just shattered i guess and um yeah i think around that time I just said to myself, I don't want to be in this industry anymore. So I made one last record. I uh, ended my contract with my record label, with my publisher, my agent, with my manager. Remember, Remember yeah. yeah. And I moved back in to with you guys and um, trying to figure out what I was going to do. But I made one last record. And that record was called Mazelov. I know. Yes. <laughs> And that record was something I wanted to do for myself. It just kind of described, it's not really, some people thought that was a serious record, but it was more of a, a spoof on how I was feeling and kind of another way of expressing myself because I felt like for the first time I was going to do something for yourself, for myself. And I've encountered many people in this industry that have taken advantage of me and that, you know, didn't um, treat me fairly I guess and I think if you're a young producer listening right now that's gonna happen to you it's something you can't avoid the only thing I can just tell you is just to stay upbeat and to keep thinking about the music and it will all be right in the end the only thing you can do is just be creative and your creativity will then create a path to success and success will then open doors and those doors will shut all the haters and kill all of the negativity um, and yeah, even speaking of which, I got an, uh, an, uh, a message from example a few weeks ago, I guess, where he's apologizing for the situation. And uh, I guess we're on speaking terms again. The other thing I've learned in this industry or just in life is it's not worth holding a grudge against people because that just, it's like a poison pill, right? Something 
that you put inside of your body and it will actually eat you away, not the person that hurt you. No. So yeah, that's another thing that I learned. And thank God for music because it was a way for me to express myself. And Mzelev was that record. It was <laughs> me describing things that I wanted to do for myself. It was in a period right sort of like pre sort of bro step, dubstep, when the whole dub, you remember dubstep? Yeah. See, my mom's knowledgeable, guys. <laughs> and my mom knows dubstep. Do you want to do an impression of dubstep on the microphone? Me? Yeah. Okay, no. Let's not try it you then. You try. Okay. Uh, no, I'm actually going to play you a record <laughs> that is from that era. And uh, again, this is me on vocals. And again, don't take it too seriously. But this was me expressing what I was feeling at the time. Don Don Diablo. Hey guys, Mimin Lip from Nervo here. I want to say mega, mega congrats on your 200th episode of Hexagon Radio. That's well done, Don and the team. That's a lot of great music. Mega congrats! Dropping beats in here for myself. Making money, taking money for myself. Spending dough on shit for myself. For myself. For myself. Rocking clubs around the globe by myself. Dancing on the floor all by myself. Recording ads for myself. Featuring Marcella <laughs> just for yourself <laughs> sometimes you gotta do it for yourself yeah. you know like I think at the end of the day in this world it's really hard to make yourself happy right it is yeah and I think and you're the only one who can do it you are the only one mm -hmm. that can do it and yeah. I think a lot of people look for happiness in other things they look uh, and maybe happiness coming from their job or friends or maybe even a relationship right yeah um and yeah, as you know, I've been 
in relationships with some amazing women. Yes. Um, sorry about taking them away from you yep. every single time you got attached. You didn't uh, ask me. I didn't ask you, <laughs> but I didn't choose that path either. These things just happen because obviously I had a goal in life and a lot of that implemented me being away a lot and just kind of just working by myself mostly in my studio. So I I sacrificed a lot, I would say, when it comes to private life. Um, and I remember I made this song called Running With The Wolves. Yeah. I like that you remember that. Oh, yeah. Because I played it too and it made you cry and it, it made you upset. You were like, I don't want to hear my son. Um, <laughs> being sad. Being sad. Yes. Yeah. And uh, again, you wanted to hear me sing more. This is me singing. This is me creating. This is, you know, me um, trying to express my emotions um, and just kind of make a song that was as close to me as you can get at that time. Yeah. Um, you know, even I guess the way I played all the instruments, I put as much emotion into the whole song and not even with the intention of releasing it because I've always made music just to... For yourself. Right? <laughs> I made that, but I, I put that one for you there. <laughs> the ball was ready. You had to kick it in. That's why I love you, mom. Um, yeah, I that was at a point where I was like, I don't even know if I'll ever have a normal life or a normal relationship or, I, you know, because I have this thing. I feel like there's a destiny that I need to work towards. and um, But at the same time, I am a human being. I have feelings and I felt like I just lost the love of my life. And there was a hard period, a hard time for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and I've never actually played this song ever publicly. So I'm gonna play it for the first time because you are here and I wanna play it for you. And I will cry again. <laughs> <laughs> So I might actually, if we have time, might actually play another song straight after that because I think there was like a whole year of me just making sad songs by myself in my room, just, you know, just kind of not even making anything that would be remotely danceable or that's something people, you know, something that people would enjoy going out to. Um, but it is a part of who I am and of the journey. And I'm scared shitless to play this record, but I'm going to do it because you're here with me. Yes. So here it is, unreleased music, Don Diablo running with the wolves.
got in my face And ten years from now, we'll still have a place When you close your eyes, don't make a sound Listen to me, I'll always be around I'm running with the wolves, running with the wolves Running with the wolves There it is, Mom. It's not a nice time to remember. It's definitely not a nice time to remember, no. No, but we've been through some rough times. Oh, yes. Like everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably the most personal song I've done was the song. I know. I exist inside. Exactly. Um, I mean... We're doing a very special episode right now, by the way, if you tuned in. Um, this is the 200th episode of Hexagon Radio, and uh, I've got a special guest. It's my mom. Um, time is flying by, by the way. It's crazy. Um, there's so much I still want to do, I want to say, and, and I want to play to you. So we'll just go on a little bit longer for the uh, online version. Um, but yeah, the artist inside. Yes. Um, what can I say? This is the song for my father. Um, and for me. And for you. And um, really, you know, I wanted to write something for his funeral that would do him justice, that would kind of be my um, my gift to you to kind of show the rest of the world of what a special man he was. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> It's hard to talk about it right now. I know. <laughs> so let's just take a deep breath. Yes. And, uh, um, and yeah, it's it's interesting because um, yeah, this song actually is not one of my biggest songs. It's probably the most special song I've ever made. I think a lot of the new fans won't even know that song. Um, and you can look it up. It's called uh, Don Diablo featuring J.P. Cooper. The artist inside at that time jp cooper who is now obviously a massive pop star yeah. was just someone i discovered in a bar in, uh, in england yeah. and i was like blown away by his talent um just like a few years before that i was blown away by a very friendly ginger kid with a guitar um do you remember his name oh of course yes of course he's my favorite <laughs> should i help you his first name is ed sheeran <laughs> correctly uh, I think I learned a lot while I was living in London, um, mostly about writing songs and being a musician in a different way, not just being a producer and really sort of putting more emotion and more persona into the music. Um, and I think the ultimate climax of that was the artist inside, obviously. After that, anything is a bonus, anything that would happen to my career. And now here we are doing the 200th episode and it's very special to do it with you here. And I want to play you a version of the song that no one's ever heard, and you've never heard it. It's actually um, a version, uh, a dance version of the artist inside. So, give you a little bit more of an upbeat spirit. Yeah. Um, this is our song in a different version. Okay. I'm gonna play it for you right now. Thank you. When I open my eyes, you 
were smiling, you were standing by my mother's side Just one touch of your hand Made the bright light seem less blinding in this foreign land I swam the oceans, I saw the cities I climbed the mountaintops and you were with me And when I came home, your arms were open And I felt protection in that moment In your own way mom right yeah because it's very emotional to you um so i won't play the whole song because it might be a bit too much but yeah it's enough yes but it was still wonderful but if so many rememberings and good ones sad ones yeah this is the beauty of music right yeah this is why i wanted to make music because it's like we can bottle emotions and we can keep them inside of our hearts and we can share them with other people. And I remember after this song, when I put it out, um, so many other people played this song at funerals for their mother or their father. Remember that? Yes. I got hundreds of letters and it really changed my perspective on life, on family, on, on everything, I think, you know, and, um, that's why this song will forever be the most special song in my life. Um, and after this, how do you go on from here, right? So um, I felt like I couldn't just continue just making another random dance floor record. So I came up with the idea to make uh, a record about, again, uh, how I felt at that time in my life after losing that. Um, I was living in London and um, this track called Give It All came from uh, that period right after uh, the period we're just discussing. Um, And I really, this record's really kind of just uh, about um, appreciating what you have um, and giving it all because you only have one life and it's over before you know it. And it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. Yes, for sure. And um, the funny thing about this record, it started off with Drake on it, then it had KDB on it, then it had Labyrinth on it. And then in the end, um, I finished the record with one of my favorite singers of all time, Alex Clare. 
and Khalees, an R&B singer from America, massive pop star. And I wrote these uh, lyrics together with them um, because I felt like this needed to be something very specific because this was the record after the artist inside and I really wanted this record to be personal for them as well. So it describes Khalees' relationship with her father and it also describes Alex's look on life, which is a look on life I share and I had an amazing time writing with him in my basement in London. And to this day, again, it's not one of my biggest records, but it's one of my most special records. Um, and I think in a lot of cases, especially with electronic music, people don't really read behind the lyrics or what the song is about. And this is why I love doing this episode right now. Um, Cause yeah, this is a, another very personal record. I'm gonna play it for you. Don Diablo, featuring Alex Clare and Khalees. Give it all. I'm gonna give it all. I don't give a damn if I fall. They told me that I should have been a But I say life is too short. Live fast, die young. I'm gonna give it all. give it all you always give it all this is my motto you know that right yes this is why i, I walk fast yeah and i always run through life <laughs> yes yeah. <Too> fast. <laughs> people always like why are you running we're not in a hurry i am life is you know i'm in a hurry because i want to make something out of this life and i really want to give it all because it can be over before you know it yeah and yeah 
So we've been doing some heavy stuff out here, Mom. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm making you cry and everything. So I want to play something maybe a little bit more upbeat, a bit more random, actually, because yeah. I was going through some old music. Um, <laughs> remember that we went on a holiday uh, as a happy family, and we went to. Uh, um, uh, sorry, we went to uh, Jamaica. Oh yeah. Yes. We so, visited the grave of Bob Marley. And his house, right? And his house, yes. Because my brother Troy was a massive uh, reggae fan. By then. Sorry? By then. <laughs> yes, not anymore. No, no. But uh, I mean, reggae is just such an incredible, happy, you yeah. know, music style. Like, there's no harm in there. It's just about good life, good living. And, well, unless you're Bob Marley, then there's a lot of political uh, uh, content in there as well. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I want to play you this record that I found actually features um, his sons, Stephen and uh, Damien. Oh, yeah. Um, it's called Traffic Jam, and it's just a fun record. I made a remix of it, and um, yeah, let's just get happy. Okay, I can use it. <laughs> <laughs> this is another side of Don Diablo. Yeah. The crazy side. I've done a lot of genres, haven't I? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people are like, well, Don Diablo's Future House, right? Well, I'm all about music. I'm about making people happy. And this is a little bit of the history. Don Diablo, Hexagon Radio 200. It can't come round And from you see we face nobody ask some question And anywhere we go we have a rapper fam I see you smiling, mom. Yes. This makes you happy. It makes me happy. <laughs> not for every day. Mr. Yana and your mother, not your mama, not your peep. This is how I got my ragged muffin uh, voice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I learned from going to Bob Marley's house. Me, Yanni, Wani, Yanni, Wafa, and your mama, auntie. I love my mommy and your mama, not your mother, auntie. So, uh, anyway, uh, I'm back. Um, His mother was there too, wasn't she? That old lady? Yes. Was she there? Yeah. Yeah? 
See, mothers are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> mothers are just everywhere. And you only have one. So we, we're just going on a little bit longer on the uh, online version. So um, I want to just play another random record because I was going through old music and demo versions and I saw that there was this discussion, this topic on this record that I made called Open My Window. Oh, well, yeah. Remember that record? Yeah. People are like, what is that record about? What is Open My Window about? So... <laughs> <laughs> I've actually written that, so it, it came out a few years ago, but I'd written it, I think, maybe eight years before that. I was still living at home, maybe even 10 years before that then. Um, I had a, a singer called Maluka. She came by and she actually had dinner with us, the yep. family table, remember? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just made this crazy beat um, and that sort of had a melody in it and um, we just started jamming and... Um, yeah, I, we spontaneously made the backbone for what would later become Open My Window. Uh, but originally it was more of sort of an indie dance song, a bit more uh, Sophie Tucker style. I don't know if you know who that is, but a bit more like a like an indie band would be making dance music. And then the remix of that. I see you're confused, mom, but I love you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I confuse myself girl. most of the time, so don't worry. <laughs> confused girl. Yeah, confusion girl. Yes. There you go. Um, but yeah, so in the version that later, later on came out, uh, I took out a lot of the vocals and actually the, the main hook of it opened my window is actually my own voice. It's just something I came up with because there was a bit of a, a sexual tension in the studio and that song was really about, um, you know, sexual empowerment, I guess, coming uh, from a female vocalist at the time uh, and about her uh, being free and about sort of taking things in her own hand and enjoying sexual expressions. Is that, uh, is that something appropriate to talk about with my mom right now? I don't know. Things in her own hand? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> mom, you have a dirty mind. So now people know where this comes from. Yes. See, this is what I love about you, mom. We can always talk about anything. Yeah. Literally yeah. like we're best friends and you know, um, that's why I became the person I am today. Thanks to you. Thank you. Because you never, um, yeah, you always treated treated us as equals, even when we were little kids. Um, but yeah, open my window. I guess then now it kind of explains what that means. Open my window. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll play the original demo that I uh, that I made uh, ten years before the actual release of that record. Are you ready? Yes. Let's go. Okay. <laughs>
sorry, Mom. It's okay. I'm not... Uh, not offended. No. No, it's free expression. Yes. You came from that hippie era. I did, indeed. What was your first concert you went to? Uh, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd? Yes. Tell me about that. Oh, so it's too crowded. Too crowded? Yes. You, <laughs> you went to a Pink Floyd concert and all you can remember was too crowded. No, it was great, of course, but we visited a lot. Yeah, I've heard of that band. They're quite popular, Pink Floyd, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of visitors, sold a lot of tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those uh, listening at home, like, go do your research. Pink Floyd is a legendary band, has influenced many, many musicians uh, over the years. Um, and yeah, incredible, creative, um, sort of. I don't they're more than a band. They're more like a sort of collective of um, creative guys that just kind of. Uh, rewrote the rules of music and creativity, I would say. Nobody. They're still active. Yes, but nobody has seen them. Nobody's seen them? No? Yeah, they have. You're confusing them with the residents, oh, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But your father went to the Beatles in Blocker. First time they were in Holland. Crazy, I didn't yeah, even know that. Yeah, first time, I don't know, 30 more years ago, yeah. I did not know that even. And of course, we always visited uh, uh, all the the the, the uh, festivals, not a real festival, but of Captain Beefheart. Yes. When he was in Holland, we followed him everywhere in Holland. Four or five festivals and no, not festivals. How do you call it? Optreden. Uh, uh, shows. Just show. The, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's silly. And people know if you don't know. Um, so Captain Beefheart was an American musician slash painter artist. He, his real name was Don Van Fleet. Yes. Uh, Van Fleet sounds Dutch, but he's American. But, um, and I was named after him. Yeah. So. Don. Yeah. Don Van Fleet. Don yeah. Diablo. I mean, Dad was into some crazy music, Mom. Yeah. He Let's was. be honest. Like. Yeah. That was uh, that was definitely a big influence on me growing up. I think. People listening after this show are like, "Geez, Don, where did you come? like? This is a long." journey you've been on but i think uh yeah a big part of that came thanks to my dad um because he was pretty much all over the place as well and he was influenced by all of these crazy musicians and i used to make songs that were like nine minutes long and had like different tempo changes and crazy switches like you know like almost like bohemian rhapsody uh but then in a electronic <laughs> form yeah um and only later on, I started discovering sort of, you know, that I could make music that could be played by DJs, you know, and just by switching up a couple of things as a producer, I became more practical. I made records that were more, um, you know, playable in clubs and that other DJs started playing. And I think one of the first records that um, changed that perception for me was a record called Animale. Yeah. And that was the record that you requested to Yes. Me. I ask you, I love it. you want to hear one Don Diablo record, which record do you want to hear? And you said? Animale. And why do you want to hear that record? Oh, I love it. I don't know. It's It feels good. It yeah. makes me feel good. And it's you. It is. It is me indeed. And it's, again, it features um, like a lot of, uh, um, if you hear like this part in the in the track. Here we go. Wait. That's actually my vocal. Is uh, it? Yeah. yeah. And the remember. same here. Uh, 
So I used to do this crazy thing in the studio where I would sing and cut these parts and then I would vocoder them and uh, stack them and made sort of, I made my vocals into an instrument. And this was the, one of the first records that I did that with. That was kind of my kind of my trademark sound. It was kind of the foundation of the future house that I make nowadays where I started implementing futuristic elements of production. Um, and I decided I wanted to make a record that has like a straight chorus and dance uh, danceable beat. And um, do you know how this record came about originally? You have no idea. No. Because nobody knows. I was going to um, go into the studio with another DJ from Holland, Afrojack. Mm -hmm. um, and we, got, we were going to work in my studio on a record. And um, while I was waiting on him, uh, I thought, well, I might as well just gather a couple of cool sounds and kind of make maybe, maybe a basic foundation because, you know, I like to come prepared. And then uh, as I was working, um, I kind of lost track of time. And um, I looked at my phone uh, and, or my watch and I noticed that like hours had passed and no Afrojack. And then I looked at my phone and I saw there was a message that he had a emergency booking in, uh, in Ibiza and he'd flown out to do this show with David Guetta. So he's not gonna show up at all, obviously. Um, but by that time I had already laid the foundation uh, in those hours while I was waiting for the track Animali in six hours, I would say. Um, and it's funny when you're in a mind state of completely no pressure and you're just creating. And uh, you know, that's, that was a, a record that I have a very sort of a pleasurable memory of producing by myself, sitting on that chair, making that record and just being one with my ideas and my computer and my, my uh, yeah, just kind of this thing that wasn't there six hours before. And that turned into Animali. And it sounds a little something like this. Follow us, but watch your step, tarantulas, in leopard front, the 
is the part, mom. This is my my voice right there. Can you hear it? Yeah. Incredible. I think. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm still using my voice, yeah. <laughs> just in a different way. Um, so that was Animali, and we can't play the whole song because we're running out of time. We've already gone over time, but yeah. we're just gonna keep going for a little bit. Um, I was actually just talking to the producer of the show today, my right-hand man for Hexagon Radio. His name is Andy. Um, and Andy told me his favorite Don Diablo record is M1 Stinger. Oh, yeah. I can, yeah, I can, I believe it. So I wrote that record while I was living in London. And um, the reason why it's called M1 Stinger, because it's obviously influenced by the police. And eventually uh, it was actually co-written because uh, I sent it to Sting and um, he gave it his blessing and then uh, before I knew it uh, we were co-writing this record was co-written by Sting so pretty yeah. crazy that's where uh, M1 Stinger comes from yeah um, it started out with an instrumental that I had actually written for another pop artist at the time uh, while I was living in London I was writing um, music for other artists as a producer um, but I wanted to keep this one for myself and then I came across this amazing singer from Sweden, Nuni Bao, whom uh, later on ended up collaborating with on another record called Starlight. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, she was unfeatured there, but um, yeah, she was on this record. She was featured. And uh, I really, actually, it's probably one of my favorite records that I've ever produced as well. I'm really proud of this record. It's by no means danceable, but I just love making music. And this is one of my favorite records that I've ever produced. Don Diablo and One Stinger featuring Nuni Bao. Stinger, M1 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 Stinger
the guitar solo, mom. Always. This is me doing a guitar solo, but on the keyboard. Check it out. <laughs> you guys ready for this? Proud of that solo, actually. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, not played on a guitar. I played that on a keyboard. On funnily a keyboard. enough. Um, you know what? We're gonna go on just a little bit longer. Fuck it. Like you know, like because uh, I want to play another random record. Remember that I did a record with Diplo back in the days. I remember the name. That was Diplo. a crazy video that uh, came with that with Renus and Romana. Ah. Oh, you know and. Yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's just is an insider thing. Um, had a lot of fun doing that, and uh, it, it's just funny because there's a story behind this record um, that goes to show that you never know what's gonna happen with the record. Because I remember I was signed to a record label, Sony, in the Netherlands at the time, and they wanted me to make uh, this, you know, kind of more commercial-sounding dance music, I guess, which I obviously then didn't do. Uh, but um, I got approached by Diplo and he's like, I like your sound, let's do something together. So um, yeah, we ended up making this record called Make You Pop. Yeah. He sent me a vocal and I uh, um, yeah, the, ended up producing a record around it. And uh, so I, I gave it to the record label and I was like, dude, I, I made this record with this guy, super cool, super hot, you know, like he's the man right now, Diplo, let's, let's put this out. And they were like not enthusiastic about it. They were not into it. And um, so I said, well, what do we now? And they were like, well, we can't really release this because, you know, like, what? why would we release this? So I was like, am I allowed to put it out on my small little label? And they were like, sure, just go ahead. Just do your thing. Like kind of laughing in their fist, you know. Like, <laughs> so I put it out. One week later, I get a phone call. It's Diplo. He's like, dude, um, so Blackberry wants this as their new campaign song worldwide. <laughs> it's going to be in the next Super Bowl commercial. It's going to be in cinemas in China, it's going to be the biggest thing ever. And the great thing was that it was put out on my label, on my small little label. So I actually, that actually earned me so much money. I was able to buy a whole new studio yeah. just from that one record that nobody really believed in that I just made in a few hours. And it was called Make You Pop. Hey, what's up? This is Diplo and you're listening to Hexagon Radio. Congratulations. 200 episodes. That's crazy. Pop, pop. 
Can you do it? Can you do the vocals? No, I never. Oh, you do were going to see. You were starting to sing. <laughs> no. Don Diablo featuring Mom. Mom. Yeah. Um, I, I say pop. Yeah, make you pop. <laughs> uh, so that was was a crazy little story for you. Yeah. I just had to do that. It was very funny. And we always have a segment in the radio show that's called Demo Day Track of the Week. Don Diablo's Demo Day Track of the Week. Okay. This is where I showcase and highlight production talent from all around the world uh, who deserve more attention deserve a spotlight on them um, but since this is a special episode uh, I'm gonna play you a demo version of a track that I made called Life is a Festival I know the name you know the name mm. uh, I wrote it originally for a film as you know I've, I've worked on some film scores and I uh, worked on uh, production uh, for game music yeah. film music uh, music for TV um, which maybe a lot of people wouldn't know listening at home right now uh, And one of the songs I wrote for this film was called Life is a Festival. And I had originally written it um, just kind of, it was actually dedicated to our family, I guess. Um, and to the place um, you guys have created for us. Um, and I guess, again, this is me singing, which, you know, I'm just doing this for you because I know you want to hear this. Um, <laughs> for me, it's always a bit uh, embarrassing. But um, I still love the idea of this record. I still love the vibe. And um, originally what I do, I don't do that anymore. Right now, I just go straight into the studio and I make the record and that's boom, that's done. Especially because I tour a lot. I don't really have a lot of time to, um, to make a thousand versions of a record anymore. I just have a very clear idea of what I want in the studio and then I just make it and then I tweak it and then it's done usually. But back then I used to make demo versions of records. I used to write them and then kind of uh, rewrite them and then do different production around it and keep switching it up a thousand times. But I actually found a demo version of Life is a Festival, which I had originally written for you.
This is my city. This is my street. This is where I belong. This is family. This is love. This is life. And four very simple sentences, but um, yeah. I wrote them for you, which you might not have known back then, but um, now you know. Yeah, and, and another I love it. You love it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's quite anthemic, is it not? Yeah, it's like, a, it's a song about growing up and, uh, and, and feeling, um, finding a home. It's At last. Uh, yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another song I want to play, I'm actually going to play two more songs today mm-hmm. because I'm so sorry, Andy. <laughs> My producer's killing me right now. Um, I'm going to play two more songs. Okay. I want to play a song that's called The Golden Years because it interlinks so nicely with Life as a Festival. Um, this is a song that was written right before uh, Dad passed. Um, and it's really a song about realize, realizing later on in retrospect how amazing your youth was and how thankful you were for the place you grew up and um, the warmth you've been given by your family and you're afraid of losing that and this is the golden years great to hear I'm gonna play it for you you're listening to the 200th episode of Hexagon Radio live from Amsterdam it's not like it's a matter of life or death you're not run out of love yet there's plenty left in the city I know in the city I call
ready, mom? Wait, what? You drop. <laughs> there you go. This is, uh, I guess, this is kind of where I started developing my future house sound because you can already hear like a lot of futuristic elements in the music. I think it took me many, many years and many, many experiments to come to the sound where I am today. Um, and hopefully, this radio show shed a little bit of light on that for both for you, mom. <laughs> as well as uh, the people watching and listening at home. Um, there's so much more I want to play. It's crazy. Shall we just... It was a wonderful trip through your career. We made it together. That's so wonderful. Couldn't have done it without you, Mom. I won't, don't want to do it without you. No, you don't have to. Oh, I have to ask you, though. Um, how was it being on the main stage of Tomorrowland? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I made so much history <laughs> tell me how did it feel they still talk, I, they still talk about it uh, a few weeks ago a journalist asked me can I make an interview because I saw you on the stand of Tomorrowland and I you're famous it. mom you're famous yeah, yeah because of that but when I walk in the street nobody recognized me how's that possible <laughs> it's an outrage. I think after this show, people will, you know, will recognize you in every court. But trust me, like, it's not fun. It's not fun. No, I know. I know. It's nice to be you. Yeah. And it's not, you know, a, a lot of kids now are saying, I want to be famous and I want to be rich and I want to be this, I want to be that. No, you want to be happy. That's yeah. the most important thing in life that you have to seek. And happiness comes in many forms, you know, and success comes in many shapes and forms. And, um, even though, even for me, like right now, some people might consider me successful, but for me, I feel like I'm still at the beginning of this journey. I by no means feel like um, I'm there yet. I feel um, there's so much more to do. And every day I wake up hungry, humble, and just kind of ready to create. And as if it was the first day. I think once you lose that initial spark, that hunger, that's when, uh, you know, I think for me personally, that's when I'll stop doing music. And as you know, you're, I know you're always worried about me. Oh, yes. You know, because... no wonder. Yeah. And I'm sorry for that. Because you know I'm killing my body by doing all this touring and skipping all of these nights, just working in the studio and creating. And I'm losing out on sleep. And sometimes I come, to, you know, I come home and I... I know that you know that I'm super exhausted and you worry about me and I'm sorry about that, but you now know the greater good, the idea behind it, and that's something that I have to do, right? Yeah, but it makes me happy. You're not on drugs, alcohol, and other stuff like that. Yes. So that's very comforting. Comforting. And I don't I I always thought like um you don't need to use drugs or cigarettes or alcohol if you create a reality that's already um, something amazing, something that can actually make you high. If you have a passion that you really work hard for and things come together, that's the ultimate high. And then you don't need to escape from reality. You don't need to use drugs or get drunk because you're living the ultimate dream and you're working hard to achieve your dreams and I don't want to lose a day because every day is an opportunity to come closer to that dream. Um, and I think, yeah, for kids listening right now, 
Um, I think right now it's just become very normal to drink or to use drugs or to smoke cigarettes, but uh, I hope one day it will be normal to chase a dream and, you know, kind of seek happiness in different ways. And I think when you do something that you love, there is no weekend. Sometimes I hear people saying, oh God, yes, finally, uh, Friday, weekend. I'm like, then there's something wrong with your life. If you're listening right now, you need to change something in your life because your job is not something you just do to make money. You need to find happiness in that as well because it's gonna take you five days a week plowing through you know, a place where you're not happy. That's not a great life. So you gotta find something that makes you happy, take the risk and just gonna get out there, stick your neck out. And um, I love you, mom. But there are also other passions. Yeah, oh, it could be. Wife, little dons, little donuts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end of the radio show, now you throw this on me. <laughs> I know one day I promise you, mom, there will be there will be little dons and little donuts. Um, <laughs> I promise. Okay, I'll just gotta it. find the right, you know. I know. You know, it's just I gotta find Mrs. Right. Yeah. And it's not easy. But she's there somewhere. She thinks she, you think she's listening right now? Yes, for sure. <laughs> okay, then that, that would be amazing. Um, don't send any letters. It's okay. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> We don't have an email address for write this. Write them to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, write them to my mom. You can do uh, applications there, and she will uh, she will go shift. through the first check round and <laughs> yes. shift through the first round. Um, so, yeah, I got one track left. It's actually appropriately titled. The best is yet to come. Yeah, I um, hope so. It is, yeah, right. Otherwise, life wouldn't make sense. No, I know um, you're a little bit older than me, obviously. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Just a little bit because uh, I came out of you. You know, like yeah. oh, you're you my remember? mama. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was just floating inside of you. Yes, <coughs> many many years ago, um, <laughs> and you cre- you produced me. You're actually one hell of a producer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom produced me. So indirectly, you produced all of this music. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the ultimate hexagonian, the hexagonian, hexagonian mama. Um, and um, yeah, but um, I think the best is yet to come. And I want to play this final record for you. Uh, it's actually uh, an unreleased version of a track that was on an old album uh, that I never released. And the great thing is, It ends with my vocal, vocal. Oh, okay. So, uh, although I'm going a little bit more in the higher regions, so. Okay. But uh, do it for yourself too. I do. It. Yes. <laughs> I do. I always do it for myself. Yeah, for yourself. The best is yeah. yet to come. <laughs> so, um, thank you, mom. Thank you, my darling, for being here with me, always <laughs> by my side. I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. 200th episode. I want to thank everybody that's been listening for the last four years. It's been an amazing trip. I'm very grateful to see this show grow. I'm very grateful for the community we've created. I'm very grateful for the amount of love that goes into the world every week. Uh, I want you guys to know that I spend hours and hours and hours every week making this the best radio show possible. This is not just an asset that I use in my career. This is a way for me to communicate with you guys and play amazing music for you and every single song is handpicked by yours truly and i i see this this show as a song as like a one hour song that's how much love i put into it 
And um, well, you want to announce the last record? It's called The Best Is Yet To Come by a guy called Don Diablo. And I'm sorry, Hex. It's okay. We, yeah. I can't compete with your mom. We, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and next week, we'll do it again together. But this time, my mom took your spot. And do um, you want to say something to Hex, mom? I don't know. I know, don't know what is hex, hexagon. <laughs> Short for hexagon. No, hex is my co-host. It's a little robot boy. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. Yes, I love him. I love you, hex. And I love all of you. Love you guys. There you go, hex. And here is Don Diablo with the best is yet to come. Enjoy it. You got it, mom. I love you. You killed it. You want to do this every week from now on? Oh, no. Yeah. Still on. I want to do this every week. <laughs> Catch you guys next week. We'll be there with the 201st, 201th first <laughs> episode of Hexagon Radio. Uh, remember, wherever you're out there in the world right now, the best is yet to come. I love you guys. See you next week. Love you. Love you too, mom. <laughs>